Hello and welcome to The Stern Look. I am Ben, also known as Kangaroos Forever on Big Footy. First up, we have the Lord of the SFA board, Quiverer. Good afternoon, or good evening, everybody. Good to have you on. Next up, we have Le Grill, formerly known as Gene 80, or Greg for those non-Big Footy listeners. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good to have you on. In terms of show structure, basically for the rest of the year up to the review show, we'll be starting with Word Association followed by Thumbs Up, Thumbs Down, then Issues of the Week. In following, VFL will be combined with club discussion because you guys already have that information anyway about the VFL. We all follow that thread quite actively. And this will be followed by the questions, review, preview, etc. So first up is Word Association, which is kindly led by Greg. Okay, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight, we will be seeking... Answers from the psyche of Kangaroos Forever or Ben and Quiverier. K4, let's yes. go. Oh, my God. Clayton Oliver. Flog. Todd Goldstein. Oh, Gigolo. Pardon? <laughs> Gigolo. That's all the big off. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Ablett. Jesus. Brad McKenzie. Brad. Trent McKenzie. Cannon. Okay, thank you. No worries. Moving straight along to Quiver Ear. Basha Hooley. Suspended. Braden Proust. In Sean Atley. All right. <laughs> <laughs> AFL Evolution. Okay. AFL X. Curious. Thank you, Quiver Air. Back to you, Ben. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> I knew I should have watched that European Gigolo movie. <laughs> I knew I'd pay for it. <laughs> oh, good lord. Anyway, thumbs up, thumbs down now. So, my first thumbs up is Mitch Hibbert being rewarded with good VFL form, and he's going to be playing this week, hopefully in the midfield, which is what I've always wanted. And my second thumbs up is Nielsen's continued good form in the VFL and being close to a debut, hopefully soon. My first thumbs down this week, or for the past few weeks, was Jabba the Hutch and his ill-gotten comments, especially considering St Kilda only got, what, 16,000? 
Western Bulldogs only got 28,000 against us. Why aren't people talking about them? And my second thumbs down is the use of character witnesses in the tribunal case. What the hell? Anyway, what are your thumbs up and down, Greg? Uh, my first thumbs up was uh, Ben Cummington's final quarter on Saturday night. It was um, it was something to behold. It was really like it was a, a as close to a virtuoso performance as I've ever ever seen from this this particular generation of North Melbourne players. Um, the only issue with that is now he set the standard and that's going to be the expectation for every other quarter he plays. Um, uh, the other thumbs up I had was, uh, yeah, um, the inclusions this week. I think uh, Corey Wagner and Mitch Hibbard uh, both could have probably, um, you know, very easily have just dropped off and lost interest, uh, lost confidence, but they both played... Um, it's a very good VFL footy, and um, looking forward to seeing them run out on Saturday. <clears throat> Thumbs down. Um, for me, I think the Glenn Archer issue was unfortunate, although I'd like to urge all the supporters and all the media types to just wait until the facts of the case come out before commenting. Um, my other thumbs down would be the diving epidemic. Um, obviously this week, Clayton Oliver brought it to a head. Um, I've actually been, it's actually a bit of both. I mean, obviously the fact that Oliver has acted, acted up even since the incident and really sort of tried to play the villain is, is a bit leaves a bit of a sour taste, but I do like the fact that at least he's been called out about it, and hopefully he comes to his senses and realizes that he doesn't want to be that guy. Yep. Right, thanks for that, Quiverer. Um, thumbs up, and doesn't really mean much. It's just words. But since that fat slob Hutchie mentioned uh, North being Tasmanian again, it's nice to see Ben Buckley finally come out and just say that under his guidance or whatever that we'll be North Melbourne and we won't be anywhere else. So that's good. Um, another thumbs up to the AFL, I guess, for finally coming out and saying the tribunal have made the wrong decision <laughs> and and actually doing something about it. It would have been nice a few years ago, really, for them to start coming out and setting it straight, but good on them for that. Um, thumbs down. I didn't really. I did have one before, but I forgot about it. I'm, I'm, I'm out of ideas. K four. <laughs> no worries, mate. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that happens. <laughs> You're either positive, so <laughs> anyway, we'll move on to the issues of the week. So we may as well move on to the collision hole for dive. Greg, should he be penalised for staging? Um. Yeah. Well. Um. On another post in another um, big footy board, I, I mentioned that I think there's one way to stamp all this out and whether it be the diving, the runner spending too much time on the field, people being hit behind play, whatever the case may be, I think that there should be a free kick introduced called contrary conduct. 
So if somebody really, you know, dives to get a free kick or dives to get someone sus- suspended or um, or hits someone behind play or, or if a runner chocks up space like Nick Maxwell's been doing, the umpire just goes, contrary conduct, it's a free kick 25 metres out dire- directly in front and you do that once and you'll just watch it all evaporate. Because no one wants to give away that free kick. No. I, I I think it's um I I don't usually like introducing new rules, but I think this is a this is a very good rule that could actually stop it. Yeah. Okay. No worries. And not sure if you want to add anything to that quiv, I'm not sure you can. No, no, it's um fine by me. Yeah. No worries. Well, we'll move on to the second issue, and that is basically Basha Hui and the use of character witnesses at an AFL tribunal. Quiv, should character witnesses actually have any significant bearing on the outcome of tribunal witnesses? No, um, not at all, and I, I don't think any of that should really come into account. I don't care if you're the Pope. You could be the best bloke in the world. Um, people make mistakes. He made a mistake, and he's got to pay for it. So, um, no, I definitely don't think character witnesses should come into it at all, especially not from uh, Richmond supporters, which Waleed Ali is. So, um, you know, he's got a bit of clouded judgment there already. Fair enough. So the four weeks you're quite happy with? Yeah, I, I think that's what it deserved. I think most people would have been happy if he got three. Um, but yeah, I think the four weeks is definitely what deserved. I mean, he, he knocked a bloke out. <laughs> I don't know what else anybody else expected. And it was very crude too. It wasn't, he actually stopped and actually committed the act and then ran off the ball. Yeah. I mean, I've got no doubt he wasn't trying to knock him out, but no. he, you're right. He, he stopped, he looked and he threw the arm as far as he, as far as I concerned, uh, his intent was when he threw the arm, it doesn't matter if he intended to hit him in the face or whatnot, the intent's throwing the arm to begin with. So he knew exactly what he was doing at the time. Yeah. So just quietly, while we're still on the MRP tribunal, you agree with the Cunnington decision? That was just a stupid act? Um, yes and no. I mean, I don't I don't think it was the throat, but um, the message is pretty clear now. Don't punch people. So, uh, yeah, one, one for being an idiot, really. Fair enough. Yeah, I always thought it was in more in the chest and all these dog supporters going, you got him in the throat. But the thing is, he, he, he clean through his head back like he always does. And that yeah. a lot worse for us. Exactly, yeah. Being, you know, anybody else he could have hit except for maybe picking and it wouldn't have been a, a big deal at all. Exactly right. Anyway, we'll move straight on to club discussion then, to another scandal, I suppose. But <laughs> issue of Glenn Archer and the reports stating that he's been charged with assault. And seeing he's a board member, we may as well discuss this in club discussion. And basically the incident was, he believed one of the kids was getting pushed or, or punched or struck, I'm not sure, by an umpire or a boundary umpire. And he jumped the fence. He had a very frank discussion with him. And then later on, he had it out with a opposition runner. I think a parent volunteer or something like that. And apparently... That's what the assault charge originated. So, Greg, what's your take on the whole situation? Well, it it's very hard to make a, a, 
a definitive opinion about it without knowing all the facts and they'll come out in time. But um, somebody put on one of the boards um, a really interesting question, which I thought was worth discussing. At what point do you say that a parent coming onto the field is not on? Because I don't think anyone ever wants to see that happen. But, um, you know, if Glenn Archer thought that a child was being manhandled by an adult, then I think it's completely warranted. Um, that said, if it's an overreaction, well, then he'll, he'll have to face the brunt of whatever the uh, judicial system puts to him. But... I think it's really important to understand all the facts of the case and people will shoot their mouths off and people will look to sensationalise the story. But above all, I just want everybody to comment on the case once they know what exactly has happened. Don't pass value judgments now because it's not really appropriate i just think that um the issue of parents in sport is a very very touchy subject of course in my when i played junior sport we we always had the example of the parent that um went too far in supporting their son we've had parents that were harsh on their son one when they played a bad game all that sort of stuff we need to stamp out. However, if somebody is genuinely trying to assist a child, then allowances need to be made. That said, if somebody is over the top, well, then they need to be dealt with as well. So it's um, a very grey area for me. It's very hard to sort of say... Glenn Archer was completely wrong or Glenn Archer was completely right because nobody really knows what happened apart from the people that were at the ground at that particular time. Mm. Interesting. Like, even just the intent, even if he didn't punch the, the said runner, that the intent to do it or if the guy felt threatened enough, it can be still constituted as assault. So, Oh, absolutely. There's a lot of... We don't know what happened. It could be just a push. That can be considered assault. The fact is they already got a court case up and running. It doesn't sound as serious as it's probably being made out to be. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's yeah. a fair assessment or not. but that's yeah. Well, it's hard, hard to say, again, without being there. I mean, and, who, and everybody has probably been in a situation where emotion takes the better of you. Hmm. And who's to say that that didn't happen? Who's to say that... Glenn Archer was being unreasonable. Who's to say that the runner was being unreasonable? You just don't know. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's something that you never want to see, at, particularly at a junior football game, but in football in general. But um, at the same time, what sort of person would allow an adult to push a child if that's what's happened? Mm. Um, and just so many of those maybes and ifs. 
to me, just... I don't feel comfortable having an opinion of it yet because I don't know the facts. Yeah, fair enough. Anything to add, Quiv, just before we move on? No, I think uh, it's been pretty well covered there. Um, I think the key point is, that, as you just said, is we don't know the facts, so it's hard to really speculate on anything and let's just hope that in the end it just turns out to be nothing and, and nobody's been hit at all. Yeah. I do echo your comments, Greg, about people forming their opinions a bit too early. Like, for example, the Trent Dumont case, it comes back to that the amount of people that jumped on against him and it was found to be absolute uh, crock of crap in the end. <coughs> it's, like, it got thrown out. It wasn't just, like, a not guilty. It was thrown out. That's how bad it was yeah. against him. So, yeah, it, we're going to get that, unfortunately. And opposition posters are going to sink the boot in. That's what they do. But, but I think that also the fact that the particular person involved is the personality within the football industry is always going to cloud somebody's judgment. Like, for instance, wherever, whether it be the Essendon thing, whether it be the Trent Jamal thing, whether it be this, this incident, um, people are going to jump to a conclusion based on what team they support. And that's really unfortunate because... At the end of the day, this isn't a point-scoring competition between fans. This is an incident that happened, an unfortunate incident that happened at a junior football game that probably needs to be treated with a little bit more, I suppose, care than um, you know a, a simple "oh, X is a good player and Y is a bad player because he plays on my team or he doesn't." Like. That's um, that's one of the biggest issues when it comes to people who have been in the football industry becoming news for reasons other than that, I suppose. Mm. It's all very interesting in any case. <coughs> yeah, well, hopefully it comes out all right, but who knows? We just have to wait with this one. In Brighton news, it was good to see the announcement in recent weeks of... I believe Arden Street HQ is going to be extended and redeveloped. I know money's being diverted towards that project in the coming years, which is fantastic. And hopefully mixed with a women's team soon and a VFL team, everything's looking pretty good. And it's a big middle finger to jump at the hutch. So <laughs> moving on to VFL just quickly. Yeah, it, was, it was good to see Sammy Wright back. We very much miss his dual side kicking and his decision making. He's a very good player. Yeah, his stats in 2015 were very similar to Eastern Woods, who was AA. So it was good to see him back and hopefully he'll be back in the team soon enough. This week, Werribee will be at Sandringham at 2 p.m. on Sunday at Trevor Barker Beach Oval against St Kilda's outfit. There's not really much more to add. I know Benny Jacobs and the Jai Simkin are expected to come back for the VFL, but we'll just wait and see. Same with Benny McKay, who played Development League the week last week, so it'll be interesting to see what we do with him, because we need to hasten his development. We're going to push up in the next few years, but that's really about it for VFL. As uh, options now? Oh, sorry, mate. Oh, just uh, Braden Proust may not play um, due to having an elbow, as opposed to two. As per Brett Scott's press conference, I'm sure he'll end up playing. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
I, I get that this is the VFL segment of the show, but I thought there might have been a promotion there. But um, if he's got an issue with the elbow, well, then that's obviously a problem. I'll, I'll say, or, I think he's pretty desperate to get him in at some... Well, not desperate, but he's, he's getting desperate to put him in. Yeah, I think that... I think, um, I think a lot of that's probably coming externally now that the uh, media have picked up the... Hey, maybe we should, maybe they should drop Goldie or trade Goldie or, or something like he, that. And that's when he tends to grow some balls and does decide. Yeah, it, it seems to toss. be. I mean, it seems to be almost like a confirmation for him. Oh, it's okay to drop him. Yeah, okay, good. I'll do that. <laughs> Look, if you weren't going to trade him at the end of the year, we won't be playing him. No, but I also think that. Potentially with um, Brad Scott, it might. Uh, I said this a couple of times. I think it might be a bit of the old Mark War syndrome. Um, Mark War used to go through tremendous runabouts and always used to get like um, he always would have a spell where he wasn't performing very well. But selectors always picked him because they knew that when it comes off. He'll he'll score a big score like and I, I think maybe that's what Brad's doing with Goldie a bit. He might be thinking, yeah, that that good performance might just be around the corner. We know what he can do, and I back him to to get back to it. But I mean, obviously, as a supporter, you see what's happening with him, and and obviously something's not right, whether it be an injury, whether it be personal problems, or whatever yeah. the case may be. But Perhaps he is getting the um, little bit of extra time that maybe a uh, a uh, middle of the road player might not get because he's shown that um, that uh, that potential to do to to actually perform at the highest level. Yeah. Well, we have to ask that question now because there is a question about Goldie. So I'll just quickly ask you again. So Goldstein. So has the way be made clear for Bruce? In the, not even just the coming weeks, but for next year. Is, is that clear now? At this stage, you think that you would you would say that the coaching staff is probably thinking that way. If they're not thinking that way, they will be by the end of the season. And that's, that's a shame because, um, obviously, Goldstein's... 2014 and 15 were very, very good. And we've we've seen a, a Ruckman that was, in essence, a, an extra midfielder. And that was... Um, and that was largely the reason why we ended up in two preliminary finals. Mm-hmm. Um, the issue at the moment is that his mobility seems to be hampered. Whether he's injured, whether something else is happening, I can't comment because I don't know. But mm. but I actually hope that there's another issue as opposed to just to him dropping off because I think he's too good a player to be um, breaking even with a lot of mid-range. Oh, you got, got beaten by Campbell's soup last week, so... <laughs> yeah, well... That's that. Help, yeah. help me win the carriage for the week, but I didn't want to win it like that. <laughs> well, that's right, and I think um, and I think that's where probably the supporters are starting to think, "Oh, geez, what what is going on with him?" I think in a um in that 
2014-15 period, he would have ran the guy up and down the field and probably gone a long way to us winning that game. But um, his performance isn't to that level at the moment. And I hope that he can get to that level again. And I hope that it is for that club. But, hmm. but if he can't do it, well, unfortunately, he may have to find himself spending some time at Werribee. Jeez, oh, that will affect his trade value too. Anyway, it's not a lovely predicament, but at least we got a ruckman in tow in Bruce, who's we know yeah. he's going to be a good player for us. At least we can develop ruckman, okay? Is this when they get old? It's a bit of an issue. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. Very true. All right. So next question for Quiv. So he's been sitting there doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Percentage chance that we'll end up with Kelly. 100. Martin. Um, it started off as a zero, but it's slowly growing day by day. I'm probably at about a 15% chance now. Okay, so Martin and Kelly. Oh, that that saying, that's going to grow um, as I get more confident on Martin. Uh, the longer he takes time with them, the more confident I'm going to get that he's moving. So um, let's just say it's in about 115%. <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> Maybe that's 15%. 15, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, to get them both. I've got no doubt we're getting Kelly, though. Oh, I'm the same, despite what <laughs> Carlton would say. <laughs> like, oh, that's crazy. Just, oh, I can't believe that. That's just, oh, it's just killing my brain. It's a, it's a oh. two-club race. It's it's North and GWS. There's nobody else involved. The media need to stop trying. Oh, yeah. It's very funny looking at the trade boards here. All these St. Kilda and Carlton posters are trying to go, but North's list is shit. They're 17th. we got Carlton. We'll make it happen because we're Carlton. Oh, <laughs> oh his best mates are at Carlton. He's six of them. Like, oh, for Christ. Yeah, I did like... um. I don't know whose post it was, but somebody mentioned today that why would he go to Carlton when he's playing with uh, A-grade Giants players now when he'd be playing against <laughs> the listed Giants players later? <laughs> I thought that was a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant post. Well, that's what I, I made that point pretty early too. In terms of list, man, like, list quality, we're all in the bottom half of the ladder, gentlemen. Like, like, if you yeah. want to list management, he would stay at GWS. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's not like there's a leaps ahead or whatever. There's minute differences between the list. Like St Kilda's still struggling. They've underperformed yeah. this year. Like, ugh, anyway, we're, we're getting way off topic. So, Greg, what is a likely trade for Kelly, assuming they didn't want draft picks? What would you use in terms of draft picks? Well, I think if we're going to get him, we're going to lose our first rounder. Um, and I do think think that we're probably going to have to find another first rounder somewhere. A late um, yeah, like, I mean, whether, how, however that works out. And Must whether it, Goldstein comes in. Potentially, or whether it, you know, whether it becomes a first rounder for a second rounder and a, a bit player or something like that, or bump, a slight bump up the order. <clears throat> it's... um. That's going to, obviously that's going to be the whole rub in getting Kelly, in my opinion. I think, yeah. I think if he was going to go somewhere in Melbourne, being such a staunch 
North Melbourne supporter and all the links and all that sort of stuff. Which he could be according to St Kilda posters. That, that doesn't well, matter at all. I'll put it. I mean, I look. I, ultimately, it depends on the kind of guy he is. But I could see if you were such a fanatical North Melbourne supporter, and you had the opportunity to bring a club that you've supported all your life into the A grade, which getting him and maybe a couple of others might do. You'd be very tempted at the least. Like, you wouldn't be discounting it just on something something as uh, as subjective as, you know, oh, who's got the better list at this point? Because, to be honest, this season has proved that most of the lists are pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly right. Like, if we win those tight games, we're sitting above most teams. So. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. And, I mean, yes, okay, I could be, I could be commenting purely with one blue eye and one white eye, but I, I would think to go to your favourite club for oodles of cash and to potentially bring them into a period not seen for 20-odd years for the club, like, I mean, it's all, it's all fantasy, I know, but you, you, surely you'd be thinking that way, surely. I, but that's <laughs> but getting back to the question yeah I think there's probably going to be a fair bit of movement I think um, so, so two firsts is what you would say whether it's two firsts and a second coming back our way or a third coming no, back I, our I, way I, I think that's a pipe room that <laughs> in terms of the cup that any pick coming back I'm, I don't I think yeah I, I would think it's for a bride well unfortunately I do Agree, but perhaps I don't. I, I can see GWS potentially asking for Bruce, and then we'll tell him to get Nick. <laughs> yeah, well, well, yeah. I mean, I do, and this is probably coming back to what I was talking about with the Goldie thing. We've got to figure out, and Goldie's got to figure out whether or not we think, or he thinks, he can get back to his best. No. If he gets back to his best, I'm happy for him to be number one ruck. And that's really unfortunate for Braden because he's been playing really good footy. He's shown a lot in the senior games he's got and he's absolutely performed in the VFL, which historically hasn't been the case for a lot of our players. Um, however, Goldie at his best, I would still prefer Goldie. Yeah. And but... that... That is the question. Can he get back to that? And it's that as well as you look at his age and you look at Pruce's age and look at where he's at and his contract status. I know he's contracted to an end of next year, but, you know, I'd rather he get in games late this year, to be honest, if you're going to re-sign well, him. Well, particularly if there's absolutely no chance of making finals, which is very Because we don't slim. want a Greenwood situation where he feels that unsecure about his position because of Goldstein. Like, that's yeah, but I mean, that was the I whole reason he left. A little different between Greenwood because Greenwood yeah, was, was out different. at the time. Yeah, um, I mean, talking about next year kind of thing. Like. But, I mean, this will come to a head this season, one way or the other. Yeah, and like, I think we'll probably go on the side of youth if, any, if history's any indication well, I think, last season. 
I think, yeah, unless Goldie puts, puts like, all Australian calibre on the rest of the season, I, I'd probably agree. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be um, an interesting lead-up into the trade period. I mean, look, everyone's losing their heads and it's only June. Um, we've got another five months of this stuff. So mm, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't want to see the board after that because I'm, I, I am clicking against my better judgment as it is. Yeah, the draft board's kind of going to send me to a nearly grave the way it's going. It's a secret <laughs> track then. It's not good for me, but I'll keep going back. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I do agree. I think it'll take the... T- I originally said at the start of the year, or when we initially think that it'll be a our first and our second. Yeah. But I'm leaning towards upgrading our second through trading and use a late first and our original first for it. I, I think that's... So what do you think in terms of currency, though, to, to, to make that happen? Uh, as I said, uh, uh, we're going to have This is where Goldie needs to... We need to upgrade this second round pick, which will be an early-ish pick. It'll be in the early 20s, if we can push it up to, say, a 17 or something like that, 18, find a club willing to deal with us. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. It's going to be... But do you think... Okay. If you think that we make the call that we're going to keep Goldie, well, is there any anybody on the list that you'd be happy to... No. Nah, and that's harsh. Well, because I think... Currency, what do we have? We have Cunnington. He's untouchable. Cunnington. Tarrant, he's untouchable. Swallow. Swallow's not worth much. And but what would realistically you get from Swallow, though? Probably, apparently, Trent McKenzie. <laughs> it's well. It's not linked to him, but he's only worth a pick upgrade in the second round. Or, 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 or a player. In his steak team. knives. He's steak knives. He's, he's yeah. exactly that. We might get a minor upgrade of three, four spot with that in the second round. Yeah, I could get. Yeah, I agree. I don't think at. I mean, I think Swallow can still play AFL football. I just don't think he suits us at the moment. Um, he does. Good for Gold Coast, if they lose Gary Abbott, I know. Obviously, that's a, that's a bit of a stretch, but they they still get a ball winner back up north, and they get it retains David Swallow as well. Secure yeah. his future long term. And the God Squad remains untouched, really. And and he brings a positive culture. He's a former captain. He can teach them in the their their competition, secondary competition, if they need to. He has a lot of knowledge. His defensive side's still pretty good, considering how slow he is. So he offers quite a lot in terms of mentoring and potential coaching as well. He's worth that alone. Terms of yeah. upgrade for Gold Coast, but I mean, I suppose last year's trade period really actually put say um, an interesting slant on a player such as Swallow because I mean, considering that Jordan Lewis was pick, like got traded for a lowish pick, Sam Mitchell was pick eighty odd or whatever it was, yeah, eighty eight. Um, we can't really say that Swallow's going to be. Had more currency than those guys. It really no, depended. Probably, it's going to be basically a gentleman's agreement between the two clubs. Yeah, like that's that's what we need to try and hope for, and that's why a lot of people are just saying that's straight swap for McKenzie, who's just yeah. a tall mullet. 
That will be against which him up. To be honest, I I coveted his boot <laughs> to be dramatic. Um in that game that he played against us where he just got forty million kicks and and all that sort of stuff. So Yeah. I'm not sure why he's not cracked the first team. Oh, he's been pigeonholed as that third defender and he's been overtaken by a lot of their better. He's not a defender. He can't defend. That's his issue and he's he's lost confidence with his kicking because of that. How's his like how's his mobility? Would he be would he be oh, able to be whacked on a wing? His average pace, like he can play on the wing, but he's not he's not a slouch, but he's not super quick. So so where would you play him? Well, really, he's basically a Hibbert type. You can't really put him. He's a utility. You can't really put him anywhere. He's our designated kick out, and that's it. That's all he does. Yeah, basically. Doesn't leave the goal square. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, it's probably a bit off topic anyway. We're getting way off topic. Quiv, <laughs> <laughs> what did you expect to play the position at the end of the year? Um, oh, I, I didn't think we'd finish bottom four, but I think we're going to be close, I think. I'd, I'd love to finish second last. I don't think we'll finish last, just purely for the draft pick. But um, I still think we'll be somewhere around the, I don't know, 12, 13, 14 mark. Yeah. I think we'll win enough games to get up there. It's a pretty tight ladder. Um, and there's not really a good team in this comp. They've shown how shit they really are on on separate days this year, uh, this season. So who knows what happens. Yeah, fair enough. Greg, do you expect hard decisions will be starting to happen now after the bye? Uh, in terms of... Um, Some of the older players, like Thompson, Wade. Well, I mean, okay. So if, we, if we're going to break this down, you're probably thinking Scott Thompson, Andrew Swallow, um, Jared Waite, Lockie Hansen. It, apart from that, they're probably the four that stand out the most. I'm probably forgetting one or two. Yeah. Um, I would be surprised if those four guys didn't know roughly the path that the club was going to go down with them. Yeah. Um, I think they'd be sort of... They'd be sort of... I suppose in the... In the um, I think the club will... I'll put it a different way. I think the club will um, be mindful not to stretch it out with as um, last year's the listings were, were at least the perception of last year's um, the listings. Um, I think they pretty no, pretty much know where they stand. I fear for Lockie Hansen and Andrew Swallow particularly. Um, I think um, Hansen, while he's had some very good games, he's had some poorish games, and oh, I can't see that. I think he will be retained just as that key position death, but that's it for that one year. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jared White, it's, I'm neither here nor there, really, um, because he's probably a bit um, bit of a sort of a, a microcosm of, of how the team has been over the last few years. 
I, th- I don't think that any one of the players can say that they have been a consistent performer week in, week out. I mean, obviously, Jared Waite is the absolute extreme of that. And I think particularly if someone like Mackay, Larky, really start to kick on, I think, I think they'll, for what Jared Waite would probably cost to keep playing, and particularly he might be worth that to another club, I, I just can't see the club going another year with him. Mm. Um, Swallow we've probably discussed. Scott Thompson, for me, probably give him one more year, just year-by-year year contracts, only because his season's been pretty good. Um, after his suspension, particularly, I, he's not done a lot wrong. He's played very, very honest football. Um, I think being the third tall really suits him, as opposed to being the number one or number two guy. Um, that said... The next um, the next rounds of the season will probably go a long way into figuring out whether or not he's going to get another year. But I think at the at, at present form, why not? Yeah. Okay. Right, final question. I'll give it the quiz. Is Brad Scott the right person to take us forward into the rebuild? <laughs> I know. You're I don't know. Saying. My answer is no. Um, yeah. Uh, not, not. This isn't because I don't like him. This is just from a football perspective. I think he's had his go. Um, he had a pretty good list. A lot of people think we overachieved. I think we underachieved. I think we should have snagged the grand final. Um, and I think Brad Scott's gotten the best he's going to get out of any group that he's going to have um, for quite quite a while. I, I I don't know who to replace him with, um, but I don't think Brad Scott's going to lead us to that to that elusive flag we were all after. Fair enough. Right, we'll move straight on to the review. We've spent a lot of time on the questions. So, Legreal, how did you see the match? Uh, sorry, was this the review or the preview? Review time. Oh, good. Oh, the review. Um, yeah, it's... Oh, it was disappointing. But that said, I think, I honestly think the Bulldogs were the better side for most of the game. I can't really say that that was a game that we should have won, that we got, um, unfortunately, conspired against because I just don't believe it. I, I, We did very well in that last quarter to come back, don't get me wrong, but I think that they were the better side. Um. Although obviously there were there were um, significant in- incidences throughout the match, I just think that um, the best way to describe it would probably be um, the University of Miami football team in the early nineties were a really hard football team that were disliked by many many many. Of their opponents and they went out to Notre Dame which was basically big Victoria Park times a million they were that fanatical about their home team um, they ended up losing to a call a dubious call in the last minute and the coach came in to the to the speech at the end of the game and said I told you guys a thousand times don't ever let it get to that where the umpire can dictate the result, you've got to win the game before then. 
And that's kind of how I felt about that game. I think, well, if we were to win that game, we probably should have, um, we probably should have played. Well, we should have been the better team earlier. I suppose yeah. is where I'm coming from. I agree. We didn't play well for a lot of the quarters. Last quarter was any decent play we had. Though the argument could be made by those conspiracies in the sense that they have what sixteen to two. Three kicks, seventeen to three. The first half, that's it's hard to come back from that sometimes. It does kill your momentum. But in saying that we weren't playing well, we didn't use the footy well, we just didn't get too many soft goals. Pressure was non existent for long periods of time. We had guys that just didn't get the ball, like we only had what one disposal winner over twenty and that was Cunnington. And even then he had to pull his finger out in the last quarter to do it. So that tells you a lot when guys like Jamont, Clark, Mountford, they're getting these 10, 11, 12, 13 disposals. You can't win because we've got kids that just can't find the football. We've got seniors that can't find the football. It's just inconsistency within games. It's just frustrating to see because by the end, we really probably should have won it based on that last quarter alone, that our quality football is very bloody good. That's the frustrating part about it. it and for mine, but, also, I, but also, I think that that is potentially a product of where our list's at at the moment. Whereas we dropped so much experience, put aside for a moment that I think the youth angle is probably a little bit overplayed when you actually look at the 22 that runs out. I think when you make all these changes to your 22 and when the players are all of a sudden thrust into that role, you're going to get inconsistency. Um, I think hopefully the uh, the squad can sort of see that last quarter and get a little bit of confidence from there saying, yes, we can, we can match it, we can perform at this level, but um, I'm not really surprised that we're this inconsistent this season. Well, in North's history, no. <laughs> no, I think it's to be expected. Yeah. Absolutely, and I think that's that's unfortunate. I mean, I heard someone on the radio said that second last has won fourth ga- four games. Um, most second last teams throughout a whole season win four games, so we're not going that badly. It's just that we're inconsistent, and we need to sort of. Learn how to get over that, whether however the case may be. Umpires or not. <laughs> Absolutely. Anything to add, Quiv, before we move on to the preview? No, no, I just think it was an expected but still disappointing loss from my perspective. But I think everything that needs to be said has been said. Fair enough. Probably individual performers. I think one of the worst ones, I know we harp on about it, but Goldstein's one was ugh, horrible. In terms of the player he was up against, he should have absolutely belted Campbell's suit, but <laughs> got absolutely obliterated by him. In terms of other individual players, I thought Dahl actually played, stood up under pressure a bit in the last quarter. I think that needs to be noted because he's heading into the twilight of his career in the sense of he needs to perform, otherwise he could be sitting in the VFL for the next two years. He's particularly, he's at the crossroads, absolutely. 
I think um, his game against Geelong and his game um, over the weekend, I think both of them have shown that he needs he needs to play the season out now. He's he's um, contributing as he's contributing as much as other players on the list. I don't want to name names, but um, yeah. he he definitely needs to play out the season now. I think he's he's earned it through his performances, the two performances so far this year, and his VFL has been pretty pretty good, um, yeah. and particularly the fact that um, now it's becoming apparent that Goldstein can't do that um, single ruckman sort of thing, whether it's form or fitness or whatever. He's not doing it, so we need to have him in there. It, it's just it's, his, his time has come, I guess. Yeah. Well, especially if he does have a good end to the year, I say it will spill the end of Waits' career. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. said that at the start of the year, and I still believe that, but it's a shame he's had as many injuries as he's had. It's just ruined his consistency, but he's always been, once again, a little inconsistent, even when he's not injured. So I really do hope he adds such a dynamic forward line. If we can get Brown, Door, Wood, Garner, Higgins, that that's a pretty, and Simkin, that's a pretty good forward line heading into next year. But yeah, and and that's the thing. Like with with particularly with someone say like Jai Simpkin, even Kane Turner, you yeah. get door in and amongst it. And even if you just give him the instructions to get the ball to ground, yeah, it brings those guys into the game so much. Um, and to be honest, he's going to take he's going to take marks with that athleticism. He can. I mean, he's not always going to be in the right spot at the right time, but if he can just get a fingertip on a ball to bring it down, um, take what, the odd what, basically mark, what, basically what brunch does at the moment. What, yeah. It's Russ, yeah. It just creates that match-up problem, which, which, you know, for a club that relies on efficiency of inside 50, it's really important. Especially because the way we kick goals, not I said this to Probably not pretty, but I said it to Philly Reed, we don't do things pretty at North. In terms no. of, we, don't, we don't kick easy goals. We kick hard goals. <laughs> we don't yeah, kick, that's it. Yeah. We don't get the lead up and do the Hawthorne type thing and kick 15 goals on the lead type of thing, nice and pretty, la-di-da and soft. We don't play like that. We've never we've never played like that. So it's very much about creating that contest and the pressure. And that's how we do score those goals. Agreed. Yeah. Right, so we'll move, may as well move on to preview while we're talking tactics. So, in terms of the ins and outs, Gary Ablett just had to return just to spite us for his 300th game. And, to his bunnies. Oh, he's a pain in the ass. He really <laughs> Ryan Davis and Matt, Matt Rose, good to see him getting a few games late in his career. And Joyce McPherson, and I don't know how Matt Shaw's still on the list, but he is. <laughs> Ins for North, it's great to see Mitch Hibbert in after playing for largely as an in-and-out in mid and a little bit half-back at VFL. I always wanted him as an inside midfielder. He has the frame for it. And Corey Wagner, it's good to see him back. He does offer something a little bit different. Hopefully he can take most of his opportunity. As a few guys return to VFL this week, there's going to be a lot of youngsters that need to perform or they're out. 
same with the oldies. So in terms of matchups, Quiv, how do you see that? Uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I think our our tall forward line should stretch their defence a bit. Um, they've got a tall back on though. They've got May, Leslie, Thompson, Harbour. They're not short. They're, they're not the greatest in the air. I think that's where we'll be able to get them. Where well, well, depends on um, weight and how how on he is. But I think we've got some good marking forwards, and I think that's where the trouble is going to come. They're they're good in terms of getting a spoil on, but um, Magic Door gets up really high. Weight gets up nice and high. Wood can get up nice and high. It's going to be hard for them to get the ball. Um, from up there, I think. Um, <clears throat> then it comes to our back line and stopping the likes of Tom Lynch in particular. He's having, having a bit of a down year, but uh, Gold Coast like to play well against us or we like to let them play well against us. I don't know what it is. So um, <laughs> this is the type of game that Tom Lynch will use to springboard himself back into a bit of form. Yep. Uh, uh, it's going to be hard to stop the their runoff half back. Hanley hasn't been playing great, but um, Saad is very good. Uh, Saad's a very good, quick player. He's what almost what we want Atley to be like with his with his uh, <laughs> decision making and running. He um, he just gets it and goes. So it'll be interesting to see how we can try and control him. Well, what we used last week against Johannesson was put Garner onto Johannesson that really did work for a lot of the game. So. I think that straight away because they've both got good pace. Garner's a lot stronger. I think that's a matchup we could potentially shut down. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. I think Johannesson's a mentally weak player, so that helps anybody that's going to tag him. Um, Saad, I don't think, is really being tagged that often, but um, it'll be interesting to see how he can handle it. Um, yeah, he's only a short little guy, too. He's not the biggest. Half back in the world. No, no, he's not at all. Um, then we come to Gary Ablett, who just loves to play against us for some reason. We don't seem to have an answer for him. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think, look, play somebody that's going to learn off him. You, you're not going to stop him, but if you can learn what he does and you know, actually use it as a lesson, uh, he's still going to get his 30 touches and his goal or two, I think, no matter who sits on him. Would you put uh, McDonald further into the midfield, away from the wing, and put him on, Gaz? I really like McDonald on the wing. Um, he's good, isn't he? He's, last week, you know, we all saw it on the camera side, he's run down the wing. I think he got three or four possessions in that chain, or at least was there oh, to yeah, get one. Yeah, that, yeah. Um, I, I love that about Luke. I mean, sure, he could do that in the midfield, but I think on the wing that opens him up more to do it, and uh, I expect to see that quite a bit uh, coming from Luke, and it excites me a little bit. Yeah. So you see Hibbert going into the fence to push McDonald back into the wing? Uh, you'd, you'd guess so. Um, that's obviously if we go in as... As named, um, uh, you know, who knows what could happen, but I, I, I'd believe so, yeah. Yeah, because the emergencies just quickly are Josh Williams, Jim Monts. I think he's in need of a rest anyway, and Lindsay Thomas, which is interesting. I didn't think he was worthy of a red call, but 
There you go. No, no a, I think that might be a little bit of a showing faith to say, Lindsay, you're almost there if you play some good games. Yeah, good who knows? Point. Yeah, well, their small forwards are the ones that concern me as well as their half-backs. Because Archie, he, he's a player that could this cheaply. Lyons is a very good half-forward. Martin's a very good player when he's on. Yeah. Can go down there. Sards can kick goals down there. Tick Miller's has a habit of kicking goals against us. It's going to be interesting, and Wits is having a very good year, actually. So, yeah, I'm interested to see how he goes up against Todd. It'll be an interesting one to look at. I want to see him against Dor. I want to see how Dor goes against that extra height and whether he can actually get it at all. Yeah, I think Dor will only go in when maybe uh, two-metre Peter goes in. Yeah, that might be a good point. We tend to try and do that as a team. Marley Williams has a lot <laughs> riding on him. I think he needs to shut down one of their small forwards. I'm not sure if it's Martin or Archie because they're a bit larger than Williams, that's all. Yeah, whatever he does, he needs to pick it up a bit. I think he's sadly pr- pretty good, honestly, um, but I think he's dropped off a bit the last few weeks, so it'll be last nice to, to see if he can... Um, Get back in the form, you know. He's no thirty game, uh, thirty touch getter, but um, you can get 20, 20 touches. He uses the ball well generally, and he's pretty good link up. So hopefully, he can find a bit of form. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Jay Nat, oh, not Jay Natty, Legreal, Greg, how's <laughs> the playing out? Um, I actually think this is probably going to be a bit of a sort of long ball sort of fest. There'll be a lot of kicking up and down the wings. There'll be... I can't see it being an overly fast game. I Particularly if, um, you know, the juice starts to kick in and all that sort of stuff, I think it'll be... Unfortunately, it looks like it's going to be pretty scrappy. Um, <clears throat> I'd like to see... Um, yeah, Luke McDonald up on the wing. Um, obviously, I'd like to see... So, if that's the case, obviously, Hibbard would be sort of that back pocket or even Marley Williams. Um, I suppose where it's going to be won or lost, really, is not so much the battle with Gary Ablett. I mean, we've shown that in the game earlier in the year where Gary Ablett got a whole stack of possessions, but we still won the game, that we can we can handle that. But it's more how he brings the other players into the game. Like players like Alex Sexton, like Matt Rosa. Um, obviously, you've got Miller running through the middle as well. I, that concerns me more than whether Gary Ablett gets 40 or 50 possessions. Um, if he's kicking the ball down, you know, down the line or into the 50 and we can rebound it back all well and good. If he starts to bring those guys back into play, well, then that's, that's, I suppose, the rub, whether or not we've succeeded in truly shutting him down or not. Um, Obviously, we've got a very tall forward line um, in terms of being able to take overhead marks. I think you've, Got Wood, Brown, Dor, White, Garner all can take marks. I mean, obviously Garner can also play 
a small style of forward and Mason Wood can obviously do, um, is quite mobile himself. So I would like to, um, I really want to see Magic Door basically crunching every pack that he can and just causing basically mayhem down there. So every time the ball gets into 50, people are wondering where the hell Magic's going to come because that will open up a lot of um, opportunities, like I said previously, for someone like Taylor Garner to come through. Um, even Ryan Clark, if he starts to rest up forward, I've noticed he can, he can, he's actually really good at that sort of quick kick out of a pack toward goal. I, I, um, Corey Wagner, obviously, as well. Um, really interested to see how Declan Mountford runs in, particularly if the game gets a little bit more open. I think he's had a bit of a baptism of fire in games where the midfield as a whole probably struggled a bit from large portions of the game. But whether it's a free and open game, whether he can get more involved, not that he wasn't previously, but um, that I, I, something tells me that this might be a, a breakout game for him because there might be that space to do it. I um, I don't think it's going to be a particularly quick game, but I think he'll have the opportunity to get enough of the ball. Um, again, like uh, Quib said, I think the um, matchup between uh, Wits and Goldstein will probably be very important to as how we go with Goldstein going forward. Um, if Wits gets a hold of him, well, then... Todd could very well find himself in the VFL. Mm, I do agree with that, actually. If not for that sore, sore elbow. <laughs> <laughs> that mes- mystical elbow. So, uh, you agree, Quiv, in terms of game style? You think it's just going to be that slow kick up the wing style? Um, well... Until GNA said that, no, I originally thought it'd be a long, kicking, high-scoring game. Uh, not high, high-scoring, but generally it's uh, one team kicks 110 plus points, and the other around the 75 mark. So that's the same I expected. But um, I don't know what the weather or anything's like. Do you guys? No, not sure. Nah, It'll be a so. bit dewy. Metricon's typically pretty dewy, what the Gabba. Yeah, um, no, I, I still expect it to be a pretty similar game to to probably the one earlier this year. I don't really think much has changed in terms of the team's game styles. Uh, I don't think the the ground or the or the state is going to really come into effect. Okay, fair enough. Well, I don't think we can get much more of that in terms of tactics and strategy and ins and outs so we'll move on to the carriage so there's not too many obvious options here guys like Sexton, Rosa Ainsworth Ainsworth's too young Tick Miller Lonigan, Lemons, Davis Ablett Uh, there's not too many obvious ones though for them, which is probably a good thing. I'll probably oh, who would I pick? Tip me to kick free. Uh, I'm gonna go Ryan Davis. I didn't even know he was still on the list. Yeah, who's uh, 
Oh, I, I don't think he's a poor player by any stretch, but I hadn't heard of him for so long. I just didn't realise that he was on a list still. <laughs> Who is uh, Fiona? How do you say yeah, One of their high draft picks, Fiona. Uh, okay. He's at never heard him before. He can get the ball. Yeah, he's in the queue. He's actually quite decent. Okay. I haven't seen much gold case this year, so... Um... Uh, oh, Sexton? I forgot the main one, Harborough. <laughs> he, he'll be a player that tears it up. Sexton. Oh, yeah, there he is up there. Hiding in the little back pocket like Jure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that comment we made with Jure. He's like, that's where he's hiding. <laughs> <laughs> I need a bastard with still there. <laughs> yeah, Sexton. Uh, good pick at you. I don't know how he's still on an AFL list. He sounds like a ringer for a baseball team or something like that. Yeah. Oh, dear. Uh, it's not probably too much we can add before we finish up, fellas. Nah. Nah, righto. So we'll finish right up. I'd like to thank Quivera and Greg for joining us this evening. Sorry, I will add something. Just a quick congratulations, Gary. One of the greatest players we've seen playing 300 games against us. It's a good effort. Yeah, why can you... Did you see that tweet? Uh, to Stephen May. Yeah. Yeah, it was a very good tweet. <laughs> he sort of said, yeah, we've got 400 games, two premierships, two Brownlows between us. <laughs> <laughs> That's a ripper. Anyway, uh, the Stern Look will be back next Friday. Hopefully we can go back to a weekly schedule instead of a free weekly schedule. Of late, I do apologise about that, but we will be back next Friday morning, hopefully. Bye, guys.